Well, good morning and welcome to all of you. Uh, my name is Paul Mumaw, and I'm really excited about today. I know today's going to be a great day, and one of the reasons I know that is because Ben Krause tucked in his shirt. Uh, you know, I mean, that, 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 that's one thing, and I'm sort of dressed like Waldo today, too, as somebody uh, pointed out. So you know it's, uh, it's going to be a good day, but uh, we want to welcome you here today. And if you've got a Bible with you, I want to invite you to take it and uh, turn to Psalm chapter 19, uh, Old Testament Psalm chapter 19. Uh, together, we're, we're starting a brand brand new series today that uh, we're calling Eat the Scroll, and the uh, title of that series actually comes out of another place uh, in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 3. We'll have the words here for you on the screen. Uh, Ezekiel 3, when the uh, prophet Ezekiel hears the voice of God, and here's what God is saying to him, Ezekiel chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. God says, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. Basically, I want you to take these words, Ezekiel, that I'm giving to you right now. I want you to consider them. I want you to internalize them. I want you to meditate on these things and consider what these words mean uh, for you and what I want to do through you. And so he says, eat this scroll. And then Ezekiel says, so I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. Now the scroll that God is giving to Ezekiel is his word, and for Ezekiel, again, God is just emphasizing the importance of his word for things like wisdom and guidance and direction and support. And for the next six weeks, we're gonna talk about why God's word is important to us as Christians uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, how, how God's word can make all of the difference for you in your life right now if you're not following Christ. Maybe, maybe you've just been considering these things. Maybe you're just kind of seeking right now uh, some answers to some of life's greatest questions. I want you to know that if, you, if you're going to follow Christ, if you're going to follow him wholeheartedly, you must learn how to spiritually feed yourself on God's word so that you can keep growing and grow on towards maturity. I mean, reading and meditating on God's word is critical for us. Uh, it's critical for things like wisdom and, and living life. And so over these next six weeks, we're going to talk about why it's important to read the Bible and, and to learn from the Bible and what it means to meditate on the Bible. We'll talk about that a little more specifically next week. Uh, my hope, uh, starting with today, is to help any of you who have maybe you know, ever said that you're not sure what it's worth or you've had a hard time reading it. Maybe, maybe you've tried reading the Bible before and you kind of get lost with it. You get a little bored with it. Or maybe you had some consistency with it and you sort of dropped off. Or maybe, maybe you're at a place in life and maybe when you think about something like reading the Bible, you just, you kind of wonder why is it worth the bother? But before we do that, let me ask you a question uh, as we get rolling this morning. If you had a choice, um, if you had a choice of one meal, all right, like your, your most favorite meal for dinner. Let's just even say tonight. Like if you, had a, if you could choose whatever you want for dinner this evening, what would you choose? How, how many of you maybe like me would choose something like this, the uh, cowboy ribeye, right? Any, any steak fans, any meat fans in the room? You know what I'm talking about? A nice juicy, salty piece of meat. I mean, you cut into it and you just hear the little bit of moo even as you're cutting into it. You know, and, and one taste of that, and you just enjoy it. Now, maybe I understand that some of you are offended by something like that. Maybe you're not a meat lover at all, so maybe you'd prefer kale. 
Maybe that's what gets you going. And if that's for you, great and all. Maybe, maybe that's what you would choose. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're more of a seafood lover. How many of you would choose something like uh, crab legs? Anymore? Yes, we've got some crab leg fans in the room. Or maybe for some of you, when you think about your favorite food to eat, you just want to get right down to business. And so you go straight for the dessert, all right? Just a, a piece of cake, something with chocolate, you know, uh, any of that would work. How, how many of you would choose, well, how many of you would choose a bottle of milk for dinner? Anybody? Any, anybody willing to stoop to that kind of level that you would, you would say, you know what, I'll, I'll pass on all of that, but I'll, I'd be fine with just a, a baby bottle of milk instead. You'd call me crazy uh, if I were to choose something like that, if I were to pass up on all of these other great options for something like a bottle of milk. You know, it's one thing for us to take in milk as a baby, uh, but as you get older, it's crazy to have all of these options in front of us, but to settle for something like milk. Can I just tell you something this morning? That choosing milk is what so many of us settle for every day in our spiritual lives. Uh, we settle for something simple like milk, uh, especially when the choice is yours. Like when the choice is ours, and I mean it's right there in front of us. So we've got so many options, uh, an opportunity to enjoy a full course meal, but we choose to enjoy something like milk or to choose to live off of milk instead. Uh, the writer of Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, was uh, many people believe that it was Apostle Paul that wrote this. We don't know for sure, but in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, the writer here uh, is writing to uh, Hebrew Christians and specifically Hebrew Christians that are kind of wavering on their faith. Like they're, they're not sure what they believe anymore. They're not sure what they think about anything. And so they're sort of wavering and they're thinking about going back to Judaism and so this writer writes to them in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, and says this. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. He says, you need milk, not solid food. I mean, it's basically his way of saying, you know what? I'd love to see some more growth out of you. Like, I'd love to see you move on to other things. He's saying, you know what? You're in danger of giving up on your faith instead of growing up in your faith. And so he continues in verse 13, he says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, milk's fine. All right, milk's a great way to get started, especially if you're an infant. But if you want to grow, he's saying, if you want to grow deeper in your faith, then you need to learn to eat some solid food. You've got to chew on this solid food for yourself. And why? Well, when you think about it, what's milk? You know, milk is nothing more than pre-digested food. I mean, milk is the, the product of a mother who eats and processes the food in her body into a form that is easier for someone to digest. And so if we take that into mind, I mean, what's spiritual milk? Well, in some ways you could say it's podcasts, it, it's reading books about the Bible, it's, it's sermons. I mean, you could say to a degree that I, I chew on scripture for about 10 to 20 hours a week to produce, you know, 35, you know, minutes maybe of spiritual milk each Sunday. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of these. These are great supplements to, to any diet, to any appetite as you're walking or you're considering a life with the Lord. But if these are the only source of your spiritual nourishment, well, you're never going to grow. We're never going to grow closer to the Lord. Now, this may sting a little, but I really believe that there are a whole bunch of Christians that really never get weaned. 
And that's just so unfortunate because some people, what they'll do is they'll go their whole lives, and again, their only nutrition is just something that can be gained from, from a sermon or, again, a podcast or a small group or something. And those are wonderful things. Again, those are great supplements. Those are great ways to get started. Those are great ways to grow in your faith. But if that's all that you do, if that's the extent of your relationship or my relationship with the Lord, well, then you're never going to grow. And God's desire for every one of us here, for every single one of us, is that we will learn to feed ourselves on his word so that we can grow and grow towards maturity. Here's, here's what I hope and pray that we can accomplish together uh, over these next six weeks in this Eat the Scroll series. Number one, I'm praying that God would increase our hunger for more of him and specifically more of him through reading his word and getting to know his word and learning to meditate on his word together. Again, he wants to grow us towards maturity. But the second thing is that we want to show you how to do that. And we want to provide some very practical steps over these next six weeks together. We want to provide for you a challenge in reading and studying God's word. We want to give you, provide for you one method for how you might be able to do this, how you might be able to learn to feed yourself on God's word. So uh, let's begin today by looking at a portion of Psalm 19 together. Again, if you've turned there already... Excuse me, this is a psalm uh, written by David. And uh, with these words, he's describing the benefits of God's word for us. And uh, as we read this, what I want to do today is I want to highlight six benefits that I think uh, we can see that come out of reading and studying and knowing God's word. And then what I want to do is I'll take a few minutes then at the very end of the message and again, just provide for you, show you one method that you can use as you read and study the Bible on your own starting this week. Psalm 19, uh, let's start over in verse 7. Psalm 19. Uh, verse 7, David writes this. He says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. And by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Now here's what I want to do. I want to work through each of these verses together over the course of the next few minutes. And again, together I want to identify at least six benefits that come out of eating the scroll. And uh, so if you've got your notes and you're following along with us, uh, let's pick it up again. Uh, Verse 7, the first part of verse 7, David writes, he starts this portion saying, the law of the Lord is perfect. Uh, refreshing for the soul. Now, you're going to see how in just a few short verses here, David is going to use more than one word to describe God's word. He's, he's going to start very broad, and then he's going to get very specific uh, as he goes along. And when David here writes the word law, he's not just referring to the law of Moses. He's not just talking about the Ten Commandments or what we might know as the Old Testament law. But what he's doing is he's talking about the totality of God's revealed will and how it's perfect and without flaw. And uh, what's it good for? Well, David is just going to speak from experience here. He's just going to tell you what's going on in his life, and he's going to say, you know what, Lord, your, your word is refreshing to me. It's changing my life. You study the life of David, uh, specifically his life that we see, especially through the book of Psalms, and you're going to understand, you're going to gain a greater understanding for how God's word is changing David's life. And that's benefit number one for us when we think about eating the scroll. Benefit number one is that God's word will change your life. And it, it changes lives. Um, I'll tell you, I'm always amazed 
at the commitment of men and women who give their lives uh, serving with ministries like Wycliffe, uh, Bible translators, and uh, when they translate Bibles into uh, to different languages. Uh, for several years, Jenny and I supported a couple uh, who picked up their family and moved to Papua New Guinea and uh, moved on to a very remote island living at the base of a volcano. And for a number of years, they committed their lives uh, to learning the language, a, a language of a people group of about 2,000 people. Now, when you consider the significance of that worldwide, 2,000 people in their one specific language, the commitment to learning their language for the sake of building relationships and also so that they could translate the word of God into their language, man, you just can't help but wonder, like, why? Like, is that, is that the most efficient use uh, of anyone's time? Well, why did they do it? Well, they know, they, they believe that God's word will change your life. They know and understand that God's word changes their lives, that it can change people's lives, that it's changing lives, and it's, that it's life-giving, it's refreshing to the soul. Let me just ask you this morning, is there a part of your life right now that needs refreshing? Maybe a part of your soul that is needing refreshment today or needing new life. I can guarantee you that God's word has something for you. Uh, that he's got something that he wants to speak into your life, that he's got something for you. And if you read it, and if you make a commitment to meditate on God's word, it'll change your life uh, in the same way too. Let's go on to the second half of verse seven. David writes, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Now, while the uh, law that David speaks of uh, and, and God and his revealed will speaks more to its entirety, the word statutes here speaks more to the specific commands of God uh, that we see are found in scripture. And David says these are trustworthy. Uh, he says these are faithful and above doubt. Uh, he, he says very plainly, they will make wise uh, the simple. And uh, that leads to benefit number two for us. David is basically saying God's word will provide wisdom for you. And God's word will give you wisdom. And we all know that wisdom is useful, right? I mean, there's, there's much to gain for, for learning wisdom, you know, and carrying that with you through your life. Like I think, think about this. I, I grew up in a rural community and I had a grandpa, grandma and a grandpa who were farmers and they lived close to us. And so I can remember on one specific occasion as a young boy uh, going to the farm uh, with my grandpa and just kind of walking the farm and uh, walking the pastures. And I remember this one particular day we were walking along the, the cattle pasture and there was an electric fence that separated my grandpa and I from the cows. And I remember as a young boy just being very curious, asking my grandpa all of these questions about the electric fence and what would happen if the cows touch it and what would happen if I would touch it. And my grandpa said to me in that moment, he said, well, why don't you go ahead and put your hand on the electrical fence and kind of sort of uh, encourage me to do that. And I did. And I learned something really valuable about electricity and how it works that day and the effect and the impact that it can have on your body. And I've carried that wisdom with me uh, till this day. See, there are lots of lessons to be learned from life and experience, and God's word is no different for us. His word is packed full of wisdom for how to live life and how to walk through life. David says the word of God is trustworthy. Uh, making wise the simple. And that, that Hebrew word there for wisdom can also be translated as a skill. Like that wisdom, part of wisdom is just the skill of discerning God's will for your life and learning how to walk in it, how to walk through life. Uh, the writer of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter two, verse six says, for the Lord gives wisdom. He is full of wisdom from, for us. He says, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. See, God's word is full of wisdom for us. 
uh, full of wisdom on how to set priorities in life, full of wisdom in how to choose right relationships. Uh, God's word provides wisdom for you in how to follow Christ as a middle school student or as a high school student or what it means to, to follow Christ right now on your college campus. His, his word can give godly wisdom and you know, how, 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 to, how to live your life you know, single right now or how, how to live your life in a marriage or how to be a godly parent or how to be a godly husband or wife, how to be a godly employee. It, it, it's wisdom for how to, to run a fair business. It's, it's wisdom for how to find fin- financial freedom in your life and how to find purpose in your life. God's word is full of wisdom for us. And then David continues in verse eight. He says, the precepts of the Lord are right giving joy to the heart. That's benefit number three in your notes, that God's word produces joy. You know, I believe what David is saying here is, you know, God's word is right for us. His word is full of wisdom and it's perfect. And how do we know it's perfect? Well, he made us. Like he's the creator. He's the designer. He's the inventor of, of all things. And so because he made us, well, then he must know what's best for us. And as we begin to better understand how we're made, you know, and what he wants for us, Well, we're gonna understand, we're gonna experience a greater sense of purpose in our lives. And as a result of experiencing that greater purpose, we're gonna experience greater joy because of it. And you know, the truth is that you're not gonna find that joy in life apart from God. There is no joy to be experienced that even compares to the joy that can be found through God and his word and your relationship with him. And as long as, as long as you and I, as long as we're content uh, to walk in our own ways, I mean, you're never going going to understand the joy that comes from knowing God and his word. And I also want you to know that you're not gonna get this kind of joy by just drinking milk either. Again, this is a place to start for us. But if we're just drinking milk, if we're relying on others to feed us, well, we're never going to grow. We're never going to completely experience this joy, again, because God's word is full of solid food for us, and we need to learn to chew on and to digest this word uh, for ourselves. Jeremiah said it like this. He, He knew, he understood this. Jeremiah 15, 16, he says, when your words came, I ate them. All right, everybody's eating the scroll, you know, in the Old Testament. He says, I, I ate them, and they were joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord Almighty. Let me just, let me tell you how I experienced this uh, joy recently. You know, uh, normal routine for me is to get up every morning. Thankfully, my wife and I get up together uh, by six and uh, we go downstairs, we make coffee, we kind of go to our separate places in the house and I grab my Bible and I've got a small devotional that I'm working through. I'm reading through the Psalms this year and I'm just trying to put this into practice. This is what I'm talking to you about today. And I'll just be honest with you, a few weeks ago, I kind of went into that morning and I wasn't really feeling it. In fact, I was pretty discouraged. I, I can't even tell you what I was discouraged about. I'll just tell you that it was one of those mornings where I just didn't feel like I had it, the tank was empty. And then whenever that happened, for me, I just start questioning myself, my abilities, my capabilities, whether I can do it or not. And again, I had nothing specific to point to. That's just what was going on in my heart and my mind that day. Well, the Lord, uh, for that particular day, again, I've been reading through the Psalms, and so I was reading one portion of Psalm chapter 18. If you want to go back uh, a page or two in your Bible and follow along with me, maybe picking it up around verse uh, 9, Psalm 18, verse 9. Here's, here's what I read for the day. I'm just going to jump over some, some verses and then get to one particular phrase for you. 
David describes, uh, he's re- reminded of this rescue that God had for him or, or provided for him. And so David writes, he said, you know, this is the God, verse nine, he parted the heavens and came down. Uh, dark clouds were under his feet, all right? And so he's painting this picture of what the Lord was doing for him as he came to his rescue. Uh, verse 12, he says, out of his, the brightness of his presence, clouded, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. Verse 13, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the most high resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemies, great bolts of lightning and, and routed them, all right? Again, I'm just reading this a few weeks ago, sitting my chair on, on a Wednesday morning, I think it was. Uh, skip down to verse 16. He says, he reached down, David writes, from on high, and he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. And I just got to tell you, as I was reading that, I just kind of stopped for a moment and just reflected on like, okay, who's my enemy? Because as far as I could tell in that moment, I had nothing to point to. Like there was nothing in particular. And so I sort of felt embarrassed even sitting before the Lord thinking, I don't even know who my enemy is right now. I just know that I'm not feeling it. And in that moment, I I really felt the spirit of the Lord say, say to me, Paul, I'll tell you who your enemy is. It's in your mind. And it's just all of these lies that you sometimes choose to believe rather than coming to me and to your word. And as I kept reading and on on down verse 18 and into 19, you know, David writes, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. And then this is what really popped for me, this next phrase. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I don't know what it was about those words. And maybe on any other given day, those words might not have meant much to me. But on that particular morning, as I was reading and as I was praying, those were the words that really just popped for me on that day. And I just really believe the Lord was saying to me, Paul, I delight in you. And I love you. And I just got to tell you, that produced so much joy in me in that moment. And that was all that I needed for that particular day. David says the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. God's word produces joy in us and for us. And then he moves on. Again, Psalm 19, verse uh, the second half of verse 8, he says, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. David continues emphasizing how these are God's authoritative words and how they'll provide light for us and how they'll give us guidance for decisions in life. Benefit number four is that God's word provides guidance and direction. You know, I don't know if you hear these, but I I regularly hear questions. People are asking questions like, you know, what's God's will for my life? Or, you know, what should I do from this point forward? Or should we get married? Or what's God's will for my job right now? You know, should we buy this house or that house? I mean, we all ask those questions, right? I mean, I've asked those questions before. We all ask these questions. Well, guess what? God's word provides guidance and direction for the questions that we're asking. But here's the hard part. Here's the hard part about that. He, he doesn't just drop the answers on us like we sometimes really wish that he would. I mean, I, I can't promise you that you're going to get a specific answer to every specific question that you ever ask this week or that you ever ask in your life. But there is a skill to be learned by meditating, by reading the word of God. And this wisdom, uh, the wisdom that's gained from this can can help us in discerning guidance and direction uh, for every day. Uh, Psalm 119, 105 says, your word, Lord, is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And in this verse is this idea of walking with the Lord. It's a reminder to us that he is faithful, uh, that in your day, that in your week, he's willing to show you the next steps to take. But here's the problem for so many of us. We don't pay attention to the light. 
You know, we don't go looking uh, for the light or, or we don't know how to or, or we don't think about looking to God for any of the decisions that we're making and, and, and maybe we find our way through and maybe that's because he's gracious or maybe it's just because we get lucky or something. But if, I think if we're honest with ourselves, there are times in my life, there are times in our life where we have no clue on where we're going or how we're going to get there. God's word can be that guide for us. I mean, that's what's happening with Ezekiel. He's just saying, hey, I want you to consider me in these next steps and that I might have say something to say for you. You see, his word can be a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I mean, the will of God comes right out of the word of God. That's where we find it. That's where we have to train ourselves to look. And his word is more than capable of leading you right now through the dark. Now, he may not illuminate the whole path. I mean, I can't promise for you that he's going to show you what the next six months look like. But what he does promise to do is to lead us, to give us wisdom one day at a time as we trust him, as we go seeking him through his word. God will speak to you through his word. And he can give you guidance and direction no matter what you're going through. Now, with verse 9, David kind of takes a new direction in some of the things that he's been sharing. Verse 9, look what he says. He says, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Now, up to this point, David's been using all of these different synonyms to describe the word of God, precepts, statutes, and commands. But now he shifts gears here, and he talks about the fear of the Lord. Now, the word fear here doesn't mean to be terrified of God. I mean, it's more of a reverent awe. It's more of a great respect for God, the point here is that there is a relational aspect that comes from spending time with the Lord and through his word. Benefit number five is that God's word demands a relational response. His word demands a relational response. And here's the thing. If you reduce the Bible to nothing more than a self-help book, you're missing the point. Uh, it, it's so much more than an instruction manual for us. It's so much more than a self-help guide. The book, this book, God's word for us, is the complete story of his love for you and his desire to have an intimate relationship with you. And the ultimate benefit that comes from spending time with God and his word is so that we fall in love with the author, that we understand him more and that we fall in love with the author. See, eating the scroll isn't just about how to be a better husband or how to manage your money well, or how to control your temper. I mean, it's good for all of these things. But at the very heart of it, it's about spending time in the Bible so that we enter into a long-term loving relationship with God. And as we do that, and as we better understand what he's like and what he thinks of us, we're gonna better understand why he sent Jesus and what Jesus means for me and for others. We're gonna better understand how God wants to transform us more and more every day into the image of Jesus. And as we take time to read and to study his word, that relationship that we have with God is going to strengthen and it's going to grow and we're going to mature and we're going to learn to feed ourselves. You know, I, I wonder, I suspect if this is what some of you are missing in your life right now. Because if you're brutally honest with yourself, even as you sit here today, you know there's something missing. Something's not adding up in all of this and you've gone looking for what you feel like you're missing in a relationship, you've gone looking forward in a new career, you've gone looking forward in a new hobby or a new purchase or a new person. But the reality is that maybe what you're missing today is a relationship with God. It's learning to feed yourself on his word and to spend time with him and to grow with him and in your relationship with God. 
Second half of verse 9, David says, the decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. Now, the word firm here can also be translated as true. And the last thing that I want you to see about God's word today, benefit number six, is that God's word for us is the absolute truth. It is absolute truth for us. Now, I know that that's not a popular statement in our culture today to claim that God's word is absolute truth, but the simple fact is is that we all get our worldview from somewhere or from something, and I believe for me that truth comes from God's word. I I want you to know, I want to remind you that for Genesis Church, we believe that there is one standard for truth in this world, and it comes from God's word, and and, and that standard uh, says everything about purpose and significance in life. Uh, that God's truth for us is the standard when it comes to understanding sin. Uh, that God's word is truth for us when it comes to understanding marriage and the purpose of it. And things like justice and compassion and finances. That God's word is truth for us when it comes to the value of human life, whether the born or the unborn. God's truth, it, it, the word of God for us, it is our source of truth. Now, I know that for some of you that might seem a little restrictive, But let me just tell you the freedom that comes from having a standard provided for you. It means you don't have to figure it out on your own. It it means that you don't have to rely on changing opinions or changing emotions. You don't have to rely on any political platform or candidate to be your guide. You don't have to make this up or figure this out as you go. It was Thomas Akempis that said, He who hears the word of God is freed from a multitude of opinions. His word is truth for us. And as a follower of Christ... God's word is and can be and should be your standard and my standard for living in this world. His word is our final authority. It is absolute truth for us. And as you read it and as you study it and as you learn from it and discover it, what you're going to find is you're going to better understand his truth and you're going to better realize the strong foundation that he can and wants to build in and around your life. Now, I want to get practical for just a few minutes here uh, before I wrap up, kind of switch gears a little bit. When you walked in today, uh, you should have received a card that looks like this. Everybody got one? If you got one, maybe pull it out, kind of hold it up just to kind of show me that that I'm not crazy. Okay, we're all good. We all have uh, this card uh, together. Well, um, over the next 40 days, what we want to do is we want to challenge everyone that's a part of Genesis to be in God's word. And that means if you're in middle school, you can do this. If you're in high school, you can do this with us. College, single, married, whatever. We, we want everyone at Genesis to participate with us starting tomorrow as we read through God's word together uh, over the course of 40 days. Now, why 40 days? I don't know. You know, uh, There was something significant about 40 days uh, for, for Moses. Uh, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. Uh, some have said that you know it takes around five to six weeks to really form a habit. We just picked 40 days, all right? So 40 days uh, is going to work for us. Our hope and our prayer is that you'll read through each day with us Uh, these different selections. Now, I want to tell you, the goal isn't just to check them all off of your list, all right? You know, we're not going to measure success that we get to the end and, well, I read all of them, I checked them all off, now what's next? But instead, like, we want to do something intentional. I want to challenge you to do something intentional uh, with these words each day uh, as you read. And so starting tomorrow, all right, as you read, as you enter into the 40 days with us, uh, I want you to, to take one other step, and that, that's a little bit more on the second side, and that's just, I want to just give you a study method, uh, if you don't have one, for what to do with that time. Because if you're going to set aside 
15 to 20 minutes as you start your day tomorrow or whenever in your day tomorrow, well, you kind of got to know, okay, what I'm going to do, uh, what am I going to do with this time uh, once I get there? There's a, a study method that has just been very beneficial to me. I use it every day uh, that I want to share with you. We've shared it before. It's just simply called the SOAP method uh, of study. And uh, this is just one way of reading through scripture and really just trying to gain and meditate from it. Here's how it works. I'd recommend you get a journal. All right. If you don't have a journal, pick one up, but get a journal. All right. I use a journal. And so I've got my Bible. I've got my journal. You've got your soap card. And what you want to do just simply is this. Okay. You want to identify your selection for the day. And so that's the S. And so I'll write S in my journal. And then the selection for today and for tomorrow would be Joshua chapter one, verses seven to nine. And what I would do next is I'll just read that passage. And I'll read that passage and I'll just kind of think and pray to myself. And prayer is probably a good place to start too. So maybe it should be pea soap. But pray first, all right? And then that sounds weird, but pea soap. And then so, so, read, so, so read the passage, but then just kind of ask yourself or even ask the Lord, okay, is there something specific you want me to see today? All right? And so if it's a longer selection of verses, maybe it's one particular verse or one particular phrase. Like when I had that time with the Lord a couple of weeks ago, for me, it was he delights in me. All right, and so I might write that down by the S. Or maybe tomorrow, you know, I'll write down all three of these verses because they're not long. And so I'll, I'll write these down, and then you move on to letter O, and this is just where we begin to observe, right? As you read it, as you slow yourself down, as you read it over and over and again, you know, what do you see in this passage? Uh, who are the people involved? What do you, what do you think the Lord is saying? Uh, how, how might this specifically apply uh, to you? You know, pray and ask him uh, to see what he sees, and maybe how he wants to speak to you through that particular selection on that given day. And so I write the letter O, and I'll just start writing down some of those observations. And then I move on to letter A, all right? And this is all about application, all right? And application is just where we begin asking, okay, what's the difference it's going to make in my life uh, today? And so this is where you ask, okay, what's this mean for right now? What, it, it might mean, you know, what does this mean for my present situation? Again, you just write this down. You start thinking through, okay, how does God's word apply to my life today? And so when I think he delights in me, Oh, man, that's going to change the way I walk out the door and approach my day. That no matter what happens, I'm reminded that the Lord, he delights in me. And I can almost hear myself saying those words over and over again throughout the day. And so we think about the application. You could read some of these for yourself. I'm not reading through all of it for you. And then uh, P for prayer. And this is where we just begin to turn the corner. We're moving towards the end, but not too quickly. And we turn this passage into a prayer. And we ask God, I ask God, Lord, will you help me to put this into practice today? Will you remind me of this no matter what happens? We're reminded that prayer is a two-way conversation. And so even as we talk for me, I write out a lot of my prayers. One of the areas that I'm still growing is to stop and to listen and to not close up shop too quick, but to give God time to speak to me through that prayer time as well. And so we identify a scripture. We observe what's the Lord saying to me through it. Just practice it. And I'll tell you, it it's not rich for me every day. Like, I, I don't walk away every day. I'm like, that's exactly what I needed for each day. But I don't know. It's kind of like shooting free throws, you know? You just keep shooting free throws so that you get better at shooting free throws. We keep reading the word of God, and it keeps changing us. We keep chewing on the scripture and taking it into our lives, and we internalize it. And what I think you'll find as you do this, as you meditate on scripture, and as you make it a habit, is that you'll find out about God's word, what David did, and look how he ends this section one more time in Psalm 19, verse 10. He says, they, again, he's referring to God's statutes here, his law, his precepts are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. 
They are sweeter than honey. There's that analogy again. Than honey from the honeycomb. And by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. And that's the goal for us. We want to learn to feed ourselves on God's word so that we can grow and mature in our relationship with him. And we want to learn and study God's word so that we can better keep his word. And what I'm praying, and I hope you'll be praying too, is that over the course of the next six weeks, that we'll grow hungrier for the word of God and that our relationship, that your relationship, that my relationship with the God will grow in significant ways as we trust him and as we're strengthened by him. Let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, uh, we're just praying right now that you would increase our hunger for more of you and more of you through your word. Uh, We thank you for your word and how it's a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. And uh, Father, I pray for our church, for each of us, that over these next 40 days that together we'll make this commitment to read and to study and to meditate and to know your word, Lord, and that it will change our lives and that we will be strengthened by you and that we will grow up and mature in you and full of love and compassion and grace and mercy and a desire to help others find their way back to God uh, around us. Give us the motivation and the desire to take these next steps. Let us be accountable to each other as friends, as a church, as connection groups, as a family. And again, see great things come in our lives and in our homes and through our church. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.